I want you to know that you are the creator in your life. You have no idea how much power you are giving away to other people by letting them hurt you over and over and over again. People can only meet you as far as they've met themselves and that's not their fault. The right people are going to walk into your life and the people who feel so discordant with you aren't for you to believe that you need to be in pain for love, to believe that you have to sacrifice yourself to be loved. It is not true. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then, then what do you have? You have an act, right? Instead of a life. I am Vanessa Fontana, and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. This is episode four. This is the first episode that I am recording post-launch, so my first three episodes were pre-recorded. I had a lot of time to sit and, I guess, think about what I wanted to talk about, and this is the first episode that I'm almost doing on the spot in a way. So I had an idea for this episode to be about finding your voice and really honing in on understanding how you can be a bit more confident in speaking your truth and living in alignment and all about the law of attraction in a lot of ways, tying it into how finding your voice and looking at yourself in a positive way will thus attract positive things to you. Um, And I, I definitely want to record that episode. That will be something that I talk about, but I felt called to talk about something else this week because I had noticed that some of the TikTok content that I was making this week and what was really ever present in my life and on my mind was relationships and people and love and the evolving nature of relationships. So I think that this ties in really nicely in a way with learning how to love yourself because you learn how to love yourself by the mirrors and reflections that you see from your parents and people in your life as you were growing up. Your friends teach you about love. Your relationships obviously teach you about love. But I think what is most pertinent is how that teaches you about how you love yourself and what you take away from it. And a couple of the videos that I made this week on TikTok that sort of influenced this episode, which is really going to be all about um, evolving relationships with your parents, with your friends in romance, which I want to do an entire episode about love and relationships. So it's not going to wholly cover that, but I'll definitely touch on it. Understanding that people are meant to show you your wounds and sometimes we have these karmic cycles, these past live relationships with people where, you know, they've sort of agreed to hurt us in a way that people really are pointers at the end of the day to our pain and that it's not their fault that they really show it to us, but it's our job to learn how to go beyond it and take it all as lessons and information for ourselves in deciding if we want to stay in those relationships or not or how we can evolve in those relationships. 
also understanding that when you learn to love yourself a little bit better, that means that you have more compassion for other people and can learn to love other people and see them really from a standpoint that is whole in knowing that they're just human, that you're just human and that they're also just trying to figure it out, that we're all flawed and we have these expectations and projections that we put onto others, um, especially in love and relationships and in dating. We have these expectations of other people, expecting them to fill our cup, expecting them to come into our lives and bandage wounds and give us all of the dopamine and love in the world and how if you look for that in another person, you might end up actually hurting yourself. Um, so understanding how to walk away um, from relationships and set boundaries with, uh, you know, the different types of relationships. And there's honestly so much that could be covered in this episode. So I'm really just going to see where it goes. But those are some of the things that I've thought about and kind of written down to talk about. But what really influenced this for me was my dad recently came to visit uh, me in New York City, and he hasn't come to visit me since I moved here. I moved here on my own, and my dad and I have always had a pretty good relationship for the most part, um, but you know, he's had his fair share of problems, which were projected onto me as his child and um, definitely contributed to a family dynamic that wasn't healthy in a lot of ways just leave it at that and my dad has done um, a tremendous amount of healing and growing and really completely almost a 180 it seems in terms of how open he is to life and understanding life in a different way and I think that that really got me to start thinking about how as humans we are these evolving changing beings and you can be just as lost at 45 as you are lost at 25. And I made a TikTok about how we hold our parents to a standard that is beyond humanity because we expect them to be able to take care of us and to teach us and to be responsible for us and to not give us any pain. And it's almost an unfair standard to have because while, yes, that is their responsibility in bringing us into this world and it's what should occur we don't give them credit for the fact that they're just humans in pain with their own wounded inner children. And I talked about this a lot in my inner child episode, so I won't go too deeply into this, but that was really the first thing that I started thinking about earlier this week was how much my dad has changed and how apparent it is in my life and the fact that people are capable of that and how that's changed my relationship with him as well. And how much credit I think he deserves for it. That being said, my dad was also someone who I had to set boundaries with for a very long time because he wasn't the way that he is now. And I felt like I needed to protect myself, protect my peace, take a step and a distance away from him because it was too painful to interact with him. And I think that's also a really important piece to cover. And then some of my other TikToks were around how people almost live in us, right? Like you have relationships with people, whether it's a passing relationship that lasts a couple of months or someone comes into your life to teach you a lesson, 
that that person forever changes you in ways that are really intimate. And even if it's just a little bit, even if they just said something a certain way and you now say that thing in the same way that they did, we collect all of these pieces from people and we merge them into our identities and every person that we get the chance to deeply know um, and deeply love even how special it is, even if it doesn't wind up becoming anything or it doesn't evolve into a successful relationship. The way that we define success in relationships, I think, is based on if you are still in a relationship with that person, whether that be romantic or platonic. And I disagree. I think that relationships of any sort are just lessons and they're mirrors to understanding ourselves deeper. And just because a relationship maybe didn't work out, it doesn't mean it was for naught because that person lives in you. You know, that person has either traumatized you and you've had to learn and grow and move past that trauma and level up, or you simply weren't aligned and you learned that and now you are aligned to a different path, but it's the butterfly effect of people that every person that you touch, every person that you interact with, every single person that you pass by has the potential and ability to change your life and that interacting with that one person at a coffee shop one time could be life-changing and it's like well what if you didn't and what would happen if you didn't decide to go up to that girl at the coffee shop or you know sit next to that person that day in class like what would have happened how different would your life be and it begs the question I think for what might be the predestined nature of relationships that sometimes we just click with certain people and they just seem to get us and it's like we've known them forever and we feel this intimate safety with them and it's mind-boggling to look at another person and say wow okay um I don't know you but part of me does and part of me feels like it's so easy and I think when you find those friends that's like the most beautiful thing in the world when you just you know connect on the basis of connection, connect on the basis of being similar or sharing something similar and being a certain way um, and sharing that together. I think that's really beautiful when you just see yourself in other people. And at the end of it all, that's what we're doing is we are seeing reflections of ourselves in other people. So I made this TikTok about how people come into our lives and they change our lives just by coming into it. And I think about a lot of the relationships that I've had in the last year and how maybe some of them were short-lived and as well, some of the friends in my life that I don't talk to anymore or aren't necessarily friends, you know, no falling outs happened, but how, you know, some people in my life were so special to me. They were my entire life for a period of time. And now I don't interact with them. And I think to myself, is that for nothing? And I know to myself that it is not because people are meant to serve their purpose. And sometimes their purpose is just showing you a couple of things and getting you to learn about yourself by pushing you to the depths of your darkness. And sometimes people are just meant to show you that you're a creative being. And sometimes people are just meant to come in and give you some love and support. And then when it's time 
for them to leave, they leave. And we get so attached to the permanence of relationships and define success in relationships by the permanence of them. And I think that that might be a fault in a lot of ways, because I, I don't think that that is a blanket statement. And I think if you spend your life trying to get people to stay and trying to have permanence in your relationships and friendships and need them to last forever, then you are probably going to be pretty disappointed. And it's all ephemeral. It is all fleeting. Every interaction that you have with someone and moments that you share with your friends and moments of love that you share with people who you are falling in love with or love in general. And it's really special and fleeting, but at the same time, all around us all the time and can be found in a million different places in a million different people. But we choose to have these relationships with certain people. And then those people are bound to us in a lot of ways, whether it be that they show up in a dream or you have a passing thought of them, or you're at the park and you look at a tree that you guys once sat under together and you laugh to yourself because you remember that memory and you remember what it was like to be in that moment with that person, we are changed. We are rippled by them. And I think that it's beautiful in a lot of ways. And if you can change your perspective around what people might mean to you, then it might be easier for you to move through relationships and to set boundaries and to consistently choose yourself, knowing that having yourself in this life is really the only thing you could ever count on. And while it's beautiful and wonderful to have the support of your friends and family and maybe a significant other, that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what death is going to take from us or what life is going to take from us. We don't have forever with anyone really, but ourselves in this lifetime. And so if you can really learn how to make a friend out of yourself and how to treat people as lessons, treat people as moments of love that might stay and might not, it might be easier and then the third TikTok that I had made this week about love and relationships was all about how people can only see you as far as they have seen themselves. They can only meet you as far as they have seen themselves or met themselves. And you cannot necessarily get angry at another person for not understanding or not seeing you. And you can give another person all of the love, affection, and care in the world. But if they don't know how to love you and they've only met themselves halfway, then they're only going to be able to love you halfway. It's not their fault and it's not something to be upset at. It's just something to know. It's something to hold with you as you move through relationships that we cannot expect other people to not hurt us. It's their job to hurt us in a lot of ways. It is other people's job to show us our pain. Um, and I said in my video, everyone is just knocking at your door all the time and saying, hey, do you have this pain? Do you have this trauma? Do you have this anxiety? And you're answering them, opening the door and saying, yeah, actually I do. Do you want to come show it to me? And then they come and they show it to you and you get all mad and kick them out of your house. But that's the point is that people are mirrors to us. And if you don't realize that they are lessons repeated over and over and over again, then you're going to keep repeating the same lessons and you're going to keep attracting the same people and you're going to be stuck in the same cycles that you might not want to be in and you don't know how you are unconsciously perpetuating them. And so basically I had this idea that I was going to make this podcast episode about 
alignment and confidence and finding your voice and how I found my voice um, after I had just launched a podcast and kind of give information about how challenging that was for me and my story with being like the shy child who literally couldn't speak up in front of a class. And now I'm talking into a microphone and gifting it to the world and saying, here, fucking judge me. I don't care. I was going to talk about that and I will talk about that, but I think I just sat and realized that a lot of what I was feeling this week had to do with people and had to do with relationships and a lot of what I was reflecting on internally and maybe even struggling with a lot had to do with other people and love and relationships and I think that this is a conduit for growth and healing for me as well. So I think that maybe talking about it on a Thursday night and sharing some of the things that I've learned in my time interacting with other people and having relationships with other people, it might bring it all full circle. So if the other episode sounds more attractive to you, like, don't worry, it'll come. But this was on my mind tonight. And I think that a lot of having to love yourself, figuring out how to love yourself is always tied back into your relationships with other people. Because it sounds so cheesy, sounds so silly. The quote from Perks of Being a Wallflower, you accept the love that you think you deserve. And it's so true. It is the most true thing I think I've ever heard in my life. And I've been a blind witness to it for so much of my life. I accepted the love that I thought I deserved, the love that I thought I could get. And when you realize that you get to choose, like you get to choose what love comes into your life and stays in your life. And sometimes that choice is really lonely. Like sometimes when you choose to put yourself first and walk away and set the boundaries and pull back emotionally from people who are not contributing to your growth or who can't see you or who don't understand you or who can't meet you the way that you have met yourself and you've decided that it's simply not worth it to be in pain for them, to keep them in your life. When you walk away from things like that, it's going to be lonely, but you are telling the universe and you're telling yourself more than anything that you're not going to tolerate love that is not fulfilling and pours your cup up and is the love that you give yourself. And I think that's really when I realized that I started to truly love myself is when I had walked away from enough people and I had started to understand that the love that I gave myself was so profound and so beautiful and that I loved spending time with myself, that I loved getting to know and getting to understand myself and that if someone could not love me the way that I loved me or in the way that I've experienced love in my most unconditional and pure friendships, then I didn't want it. And you realize after a certain point, after a certain number of times having to make that choice, consciously walk away, of course, like the first couple of times is the hardest. But once you decide that you can survive without other people's love and that you have enough love within yourself for miles and miles, and that actually the more love that you show yourself and the more that you get to know and get to love yourself, the more that you just attract love in all directions of your life, it becomes a lot easier to let those people go, to let those situations go, to not get as upset about things and to make the conscious choice to say, okay, like I've done this before. 
it sucks. I don't want to do it again, but if I have to, I will. And it almost just gives you this sense of trust within yourself that no matter what, like no matter who comes in, no matter who comes out of your life, like you're going to be okay. And I honestly feel like that is the basis for every relationship that you need a sense of yourself. Like you need to know that no matter what happens, you will not lose yourself in a relationship. And I think now I'm more talking about romantic relationships just because I think it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to put all of our eggs into one little basket and say, you are supposed to provide me with all the love and the happiness in the world as my partner. And if you don't, then that's your fault and you're the villain and I'm angry at you and you are the pinnacle of my life and I'm just going to revolve everything around you. And you know it becomes codependent. And codependency is basically all stemming from a lack of love within ourselves. It's like, please fill the hole that I have not been able to fill. Please pour into it with your love and give me everything that you have within you. I'll give you everything I have within you and we'll just become emotionally bonded together as one. And like, I mean, I don't know, maybe sometimes that works. Like I don't, I don't, I mean, it hasn't worked. That has not worked for me. Like that was not successful in my previous relationships or my life. But, you know, let me know if that has ever worked for you. I would be curious to understand the dynamic. Um, it's dangerous to do that. It's dangerous to enter into relationships with other people and create depth with other people when you haven't created the depth within yourself, when you don't have a sense of self-awareness. The reason that it is so dangerous is because even if you're just entering into a friendship or you have a deep friendship with another person or a complicated relationship with another person or even a family member, I think that this could apply to you. The reason that it is so dangerous to do that is because you are just going to expect things from them. You put people on this pedestal when you do that, not really knowing who they are, building this false sense of intimacy with them, not letting them show you who they are before you make the decision about whether they should be in your life. And you're almost desperate for this love, this connection. And then what happens is when they do walk all over you, you let them walk all over you because remember what I said? You accept the love that you think you can deserve. And a lot of times we think that that is the love that we can get. It's like, what is the easiest way to obtain love? Okay, I'll tolerate some emotional abuse every now and then. And this really happens with our parents because we don't choose our parents and we can't necessarily cut them out of our lives the same way that we can cut a friend out or leave a relationship with a partner. And so our parents really, really show us this. And if you can have a relationship with your parents where you have grown up, you're an adult, and you've evolved to become independent from them in X, Y, and Z ways, and really take a step back and take space from them and notice how they act in that relationship now that you are no longer part of their nuclear household. How do they treat you? And like what cycles are continuing? Continuing to perpetuate with your parents, you have to decide if you want to be in relationships with people and you have to have the autonomy in knowing that you have the freedom to make that decision, that you're not bound to anyone, you're not bound to anything, and that at any moment you could choose to leave if you wanted to. And like, would that actually be so bad? Yes, there would be pain, but taking a step away from things sometimes just gives you a lot of clarity. And this is true for finding yourself in a relationship with someone who you like. You know, you. it is so dangerous to just, I think meet someone and decide that they are 
everything to you. And sometimes it works out. I mean, I'm not discrediting that it it works and sometimes you just click and you fit. And it's like what I was talking about in the beginning of the episode, like some people just feel so familiar. But I think really examining another person and examining their validity and sitting with yourself and letting them audition to be in your life, letting them show you who they are before you decide who they are, before expectations and projections come in the way and tell you who they are. Why don't you take some time and space and sit with it? I think that's a mistake that we make in a lot of our relationships is not taking the time and the space and reacting because people bring out the depths of us. People truly point at the darkness in our souls and say, I'm going to bring this to light for you. They dig the shit out of you. That's what they're supposed to do. You can't get mad at them for doing that. It sucks and it hurts and it's painful, but that's how we evolve is by going through some of that pain sometimes. And I think where your responsibility comes into this is by deciding if you want to relive that pain over and over again with the same people. That is your job and you're the only one who can make that decision and... I also made a TikTok video about this. This is not me just trying to plug my TikTok. I just feel like the reason I started a podcast was because I talked so much about so many of these things on TikTok and I realized how connected that they all were and how they could all fit into one little episode. So I'm referencing my TikTok a lot, not to defend myself. No need to do that. Anyways, besides the point, I made a TikTok video about this, that if you keep attracting the same people, same relationships, same type of narcissist, same type of situationship, same type of bullshit in your life, that at some point you got to sit back and take responsibility for that and say, okay, babe, it takes two to tango here. How am I actively participating in the perpetuation of this? And I think it's a really important question to ask because what's going to happen when you walk away from your first toxic relationship or you set that boundary with your mom or you decide that you're not going to let your friend walk all over you anymore and you're going to speak up for yourself, what happens is that the universe is then going to present you with opportunities to make sure that's what you want to do. So they're going to give you similar people right away. They're going to present them on silver platters and say, are you sure you're done with this situation? And it is fully up to you to say, yes, I am. To say, yes, I've learned. I see that red flag that I saw at the very beginning of my last relationship. I am not going down this road again. And it can be really confusing and painful a lot of the time to have to keep reliving the same situations, have to keep bandaging the wounds and really having to relive the same pain over and over again. But I really believe that the universe makes it apparent to you and they serve to you what you have looked for in your life. It shows you what you have had familiarity with in your life because it's what you're subconsciously trained to look for. And so until you break that subconscious pattern, you have to do it a few times and I remember journaling about this. I don't think it was even that long ago. I think it was probably about five, six months ago where I was writing in my journal about how I was so tired of having to learn the same lessons and how I was just so exhausted from having to bandage up the same wounds and being in such similar relationships and having to 
keep walking away from them because it it was at a point where I was just like, I've learned the lessons. I don't need to learn it again. Like give me something else. And I made the conscious decision. I asked the universe, give me situations that I don't have to heal from. It wasn't like I was tired of healing. I think I'll be and you'll be on a journey of healing your entire life and in so many ways because pain is an inseparable part of life. But I was just tired of reliving the same pain, the same lessons, the same things. And sometimes you're tired of it. The universe is still going to give it to you because it's a deep-rooted karmic cycle that you just have to break. That's a good time to talk about that karmic cycle relationship, that twin flame relationship that I think so many of us are familiar with. And if you're not, a twin flame is basically this soul bondage that you have with another person. And it's usually only one person. It's not, you know, multiple people throughout your life, although I think you could have multiple twin flames or um, multiple situations that are as complex. And I think that's the only way that it can be described is a very complex relationship where there is a lot of love, uh, an insane amount of love, but also an equal and an opposite pain, like a really deep seated pain. And this person is supposed to bring you to your knees. They are supposed to cut you down to your core and show you how beautiful and expansive love can be and how painful and tormenting the hurt can be. That's really what a twin flame relationship does to you. And in my view of it, and from what I've learned about the universe and spirituality, these are karmic cycles. These are what I might call soul contracts. And now we're kind of getting into this woo-woo stuff, so I might have just lost like half an audience, but I'm going to talk about it. So a soul contract is something that you agree with, with another person. And you basically, before you enter this little body on earth, you sit there in your soul realm and you say, okay, like I'm going to hurt this part of you and I'm going to help you try and figure out this shit. And if you can't see it, then you're just going to be in a lot of pain. Um, but if you can see it great, and then you get to level up and evolve and then, you know, you're Gucci on earth and, you know, those relationships are the ones that are the most painful that really show you the depths of who you are. Um, They're usually pretty toxic relationships. I think that there's been so many instances where it starts out where you have a relationship with someone and everything is lovely and wonderful. And there is this immense amount of infatuation. And then out of nowhere, things just start to change and they just start to become a different person. You start to see them for, you know, who they might be underneath it all, or you just start to kind of point and poke at their pain and their pain starts coming out. And I wouldn't say that that is a necessarily bad thing. I think that that is just what happens in these types of karmic cycles or relationships. And if you aren't spiritual or don't want to get into the woo-woo spiritual type of talk, at the end of the day, I think all of us can say that romantic relationships especially will show you where you've been hurt. And the reason that this is, and now I'll talk about, I guess, the neuroscience and psychology behind it, kind of going right from spirituality to something more grounded in study and reality is attachment styles. So there is a book who I I referenced this in my inner child episode. It's called Attached, the New Science of Adult Attachment. Um, And it's by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller, who are both doctors and 
I'll um, mention this in the episode description as well, but it basically just gives uh, an overview of the different attachment styles and a different attachment types. And your attachment is born when you are a child. So there's, you know, three common attachment types. There's several different attachment styles, but there's three common ones. And one of them is an anxious attachment style or an insecure attachment style. And this is where you really look for love in other people and you get worried that they don't love you back and you might be a bit more clingy or needy or, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that those are like the blanket statements or terms that you may have come across. Um, you may look for problems. You might protest. You might have protest behavior where you threaten to leave just to see if someone else cares. And it's all on the basis of having another person basically prove to you that they love you over and over again, because you don't actually trust that people love you. And it's born in your childhood when you've had an inconsistent love given to you from parents. So maybe like your parents were there half of the time and they weren't the other half of the time. You never knew what to expect. You had a really inconsistent relationship with your parents in terms of love. You might have an anxious attachment style. An avoidant attachment style is based on when your parents may have been too strict or emotionally distant, so they didn't show you a lot of love. Maybe your parents never told you that they loved you. Maybe you're unsure if you are capable of loving another person because you've never really witnessed it. Maybe you're confused about what love really is to you. And an avoidant attachment will manifest as not wanting to get close to people. So the second that someone sees too much of you, you pull away, you pull back, you get really uncomfortable, you're not comfortable with intimacy you are maybe finding trouble expressing your emotions a lot of times there is also a combination between the two which is like anxious avoidant which you kind of flip back and forth between the two Um, and that's usually if you've had really traumatic like very very traumatic experiences growing up and then here's the one that we all want to grow towards um, secure attachment and secure attachment is not expecting other people to love you in a way that fills you up and knowing that even if another person might be angry or upset it has nothing to do with you Um, being secure in your connection to another person and knowing that if they are upset about something you trust that they'll bring it to light, they'll bring it to the surface, that you know you are able to healthily communicate with other people, you don't look for problems and you're kind of able to dress them well and you don't look for the double or hidden meaning in things, meaning that you know maybe your partner didn't do the dishes and you don't jump to the conclusion that they hate you and don't love you or that they should just get the fuck out of your house. Like you, you rationalize things in a pretty rational manner. And that's the type that we all aspire to. And typically we have pretty secure relationship styles with a lot of our friends and with people in our lives. So, um, you know, you're not going to lash out at your coworker for forgetting to get you your coffee in the morning if that's what they always do and equating it to the fact that they forgot about you and that they don't love you. Maybe that's what you would do if you were in a relationship with them. Um, it's your relationships that bring these out. It's when you really get close to another person and someone starts to see you deeply and really intimately start to understand you because that is a level of connection that we don't normally have with other people. That is something much deeper. And that's why romantic relationships can be so challenging. You can 
honestly think that you're healed, think that you're good, think that you're great, and then get into a relationship and be like, oh my God, where did all of this shit come from? Like, why am I feeling like this? Like, I thought that I was good. I thought that I went to therapy and I'm fine. And now I'm in this relationship and I feel crazy. And you're not crazy. Like, let me just tell you that. But it's also important to know, and this is something that I have found out so prevalently, that people will trigger your attachment style. So an avoidant. If you've been wanting to learn a new language because you want to pick up a new skill or hobby, then Rosetta Stone is for you. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop and also can be used as an app on your phone. Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. Instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words into your head, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, and participating in dialogues. There are no English translations in the product, so you're getting trained to listen, speak, read, write, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and even Dutch, and offers a lifetime membership, so you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons for the languages and literally never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today is going to trigger your anxious attachment style and an anxious attached person is going to trigger your avoidant attachment style. And so if you are consistently attracting that type of attachment style, which is the inverse of yours, you're going to keep ending up in the same relationships where you feel kind of crazy and there's this same dynamic going on. And it's not that an avoidant and an anxious person could not be together, but typically it just doesn't work. To become more secure, you need to be around someone and be with someone who is more secure. You need to have this behavior almost emulated or modeled for you so that you can really learn how to love in a different way. Because if you have two opposing forces, all they're going to do is be in complete opposition. So I think what knowing your attachment style does is when you're feeling a little crazy or you're feeling like... A fear associated with being with another person, you can source it and say, my anxious attachment style or my avoidant attachment style is being triggered right now. This person is triggering this part of me that is coming out in this relationship with them. And it's up to you to make that conscious decision to say, do I want to bring this to light and do I want to work through this? Or do I want to decide that maybe I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who has the inverse attachment style as me, no matter how great and wonderful they are, this is just too painful. This is just too much. And I have walked away from people after realizing what my attachment style was because I knew that they just had the opposite and that they triggered me too much and that I knew that we would just never understand each other's love languages because it just wouldn't ever work. Like there was too much conflict and it's all hidden behind the guise of something else. But it, what it really boils down to is these styles of attachment and how they manifest and how we 
really express love to others and how we feel loved and why it's so dangerous to get into a relationship when you are not whole on your own or try to make decisions about your relationships from a place of impulsivity, whether it mean having a hard conversation with a friend or setting a boundary with your parent, is that you do not have this stable ground to stand on, this net of resilience to fall back on knowing that, you know what, if I walk away from this person, I'm going to be okay. Like I'm going to be fine. I trust myself. I know myself. I have it within myself to be good and to know when it's time to leave. If you don't have that, then entering into relationships with people, deepening relationships with people is going to be something really, really scary. And it's going to be something that might be almost dangerous for you. Maybe you will lose yourself a lot quicker than you would if you were to have been whole on your own entering things. I think you realize after you've been through a certain amount of pain in your life that everyone has pain. I talked about this a lot in my last few episodes that this is just an inevitable nature. It's part of life. Um, No one's pain is greater or worse than others. We all have it. It's all manifested in us. And there's a reason for that. There is a real understanding of why that is spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, and it is so that we can learn and grow from it and use it in our evolvement. And sometimes it feels like you're never going to be able to break away from that pain. And sometimes that might be true. Honestly, it's going to follow you around, but it's your conscious choice and decision to be able to spot it, be able to spot the things that put you in pain and say, I I have the choice to walk away from this. And maybe it would be better if I did that. And let me tell you something, like when you do it, When you walk away, when you set the boundary, when you really trust yourself in choosing yourself, it's going to be really scary at first. It's going to be really painful at first, but then you realize that it's actually not so bad and you start to see the evidence in your life come through that you didn't need to sacrifice so much to be loved and you didn't need to sacrifice so much to feel happy and that sometimes other people just bring things out of you that can be damaging, further damaging, and that the universe will present you with opportunities to continue perpetuating your pain. And if you choose to actively participate in that perpetuation, you're stuck in the cycle and you're not a victim of it. You are the creator of it. And I know that that's really hard to hear, but at a certain point, you have to take the responsibility. You have to be able to say, I'm not tolerating this anymore. You show people how to treat you. You tell people what is acceptable behavior and what is not acceptable behavior. You let people know how you feel about something with your actions. It's not with your words. And I think that's really important. I want to emphasize that because someone can upset you once and you can say, hey, listen, this thing upset me. I feel disrespected. I'm setting a boundary. Don't do it again. Okay. They do it again. You have the same conversation with them. Nothing changes. They do it again. Okay. You are now responsible. You are telling them that it's okay. You are telling them that it's okay that they walk all over you and that you're just going to get a little bit upset about it and have a conversation with them and they're going to clean up their act for a couple of months and then they're going to come swoop back in and do the same shit to you. You 
are an active participant in that pain. You're just not seeing it. And you're treating yourself as the victim. You're sitting there and saying, I don't know why this person can't love me the way that I want them to love me. And I don't know why this person can't meet me where I'm at. And I've done X, Y, and Z to try to explain myself to them. And I have tried to get them to understand me. People will understand you. Trust me, babe. People will understand you if they want to understand you. People will see you if they want to see you. People will listen to you if they want to listen to you. And if they don't, then that's not your problem. It brings me to the point of people can only meet you as far as they've met themselves and that's not their fault. To embark on a journey consciously of healing, knowing, loving yourself, getting to know yourself, getting to understand a bit about your purpose in this life, it means that the depths of your relationships are going to be a lot more profound, that you're going to attract deeper connections, that you're going to attract connections that feel very wonderfully familiar. It means that you're going to look for love all around you and you're going to find it because you have that love within you as you learn to love yourself what that really means is that you learn that love is ever present all around you and that it's found at the park where a woman is walking her dog and it's found in a child's eyes. I know I sound so cheesy, but that it really is found everywhere all the time. And so you can't get mad at other people for hurting you if they've told you that they were going to do that, if they've made it clear to you that they were going to do that, if they've showed you with past behaviors and responses that they aren't going to understand you, and in fact, that they are hellbent on not understanding you, at some point, you have to realize that it's not other people's job to see you. It's not other people's job to love you. People are only supposed to give you what they can, and it is up to you to decide if that is good enough for you. It is up to you to decide if the love that they give you can fill you up because some of us have much larger capabilities for love unconditionally, and others might think that they love you with all of their being, and it might be true but based on how deeply they understand the concept of love within themselves, how deeply they've worked within themselves to be able to understand their pain so that they can move past it and love from a deeper way, all influences how they treat you. And some people just aren't there. And some people just might not ever be there. And it is up to you as the conscious person in that relationship to say, okay, I can do a few things here. I can completely walk away from this. I can let this leave my life if it is bad enough to. I can love this person at a distance. And that might be what you do with your parents or maybe some long-term friends that you don't want them out of your life. You love them unconditionally and deeply, but maybe you don't interact with them the same way or in the same volume or as much. Maybe you keep them at arm's length and a distance to protect yourself and to protect your peace. You decide that they only get a certain amount of access to you or you continue to operate in that relationship and you decide that you're just going to be the conscious being who can take it all and that it's not going to bother you and you're going to be fine and you could just keep on keeping on. And I'm not sure that works. Honestly, I haven't found that to be effective, but maybe it is. And maybe it'll just really deepen your meditative practice with yourself. I don't know. 
Um, I don't have all of the answers. Something that you also realize when you start to more deeply love and get to know yourself is that you can meet people halfway and you can love them from a distance a lot easier and you can detach from them and say, okay, I get that you're not there with me. You're not in alignment with me. And that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you are better than them. It doesn't mean that you should strengthen your ego or think that you are above them because you love in a different way and you receive and give love in a different way. It just means that you are not in alignment with them. And it just might happen that you become in alignment with them again and you have a wonderful relationship and that's great. And there's repair and there's healing. And then maybe it takes a turn for the worse and it's back to where it was. And that's all a lesson in and of itself too. And I reference back to my relationship with my dad where it was strange for a while, um, more on my end, I think, than his end. Like, I don't think he was really that aware of what he was doing to me or, like, how he was imp- impacting me or, or hurting me. But I think about now the way that he is in our relationship and how it's changed and evolved and how much more comfortable I feel operating in it because I had made the choice for so long to kind of distance myself in a way from him and not let him hurt me anymore. I made the decision that, you know, I'm going to love him. I'm going to love him from a distance, but I'm not going to let him hurt me anymore. So that means when he starts to hurt me, I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to react. I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to feed into it. And with some people, it's a lot easier to do that with others. I don't think that's necessarily possible in a romantic relationship. I just think that the best course of action if someone is hurting you in a romantic relationship is to leave and is to walk away because in a relationship like that, you're never asking for too much. You ask for the love that you require and the love that you want. And if the other person says, yeah, like I can give, I can give that to you. They show you that they can give that to you. Great. Like awesome. And if not, then like, okay, on to the next person or on to the love that you'll have with yourself because people, I'm not going to say that they are replaceable, but people aren't nearly as special as we think that they are. We put them on pedestals and we think that, you know, this person came into my life and they changed it and they meant so much to me. You can have that love with a million people like this world is vast enough and large enough and there are enough people in this world who are just like you. You just have to find them and to believe that you can only receive the love that you can get, to believe that you need to be in pain for love, to believe that you have to sacrifice yourself to be loved. It is a farce. It is not true. And the more that you realize that, you take ownership of it, And you make that the core basis of your life that you are not going to accept love that is not up to par with what you deserve and you will be alone. It's only then that that love will start to come into your life and be ever present around you when you really, really start to know that it exists and you don't have to try so hard. You don't have to look so hard to find it. I started to really see this in my life when I started to stop looking, looking to other people to influence me, to fulfill me, to empower me. And I just started looking to myself. I just started knowing that I had this bountiful amount of love within me that I believed in love because of the way that I love, because the the way that I know that I can love and I can find it within myself. Like I can look for it at 
the park. I can look for it on the subway. I can look for it wherever I am and I can actually find it. Like it's actually really all around me all the time. And I think that's when like my relationships with people just started to become deeper. I think I deepened a lot of friendships that I had. Um, longstanding friendships that I had just became more fulfilling and loving because I just was able to see these people from a detached state of really wanting to learn about them, to listen to them, to find things to love about them. So I think when you turn inwards, when you start taking people off of the pedestal, stop making them so special because that person might have been special to you, but you can share that love with anyone, really. And knowing that is really empowering, knowing that you can fall in love a million times with different people and it'll all feel a little differently and it'll all teach you something differently and it'll all, at the end of it, really deepen your relationship with yourself. How beautiful that is and how that is almost what it feels like we're here to do is get our heart broken over and over again by lovers and friends and parents and family and that how much that pain, how hard it is to be in, to sit in, how much it can teach us. I think I have learned the biggest lessons from my pain. I think I am who I am because of my pain. I think I am who I am because I experienced heartbreak, because I loved someone and I let them go. And I went through that journey of what that felt like. And I felt it fully. And I I had to come to know that I didn't need to be scared of feeling it and knowing that I grew so much when I just let the pain in and realized that it it actually didn't stay for that long. That once you really fully let it in and accept that it's there and observe it and not completely identify with it and say, I need this to be gone. I need this to be somewhere else when you don't resist it you just let it sit and be there knowing that it's going to leave it clears out and it just opens you up and when you come across that same pain again it's easier to let it go it's easier to see it and say okay I have some options here I think it's also important to notice which part of you feeds on the drama of your relationships and which part of you wants to be that victim So I'm actually going to read from Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. This is the sequel to his Power of Now book. He has a section called Villain, Victim, or Lover. And it's all about how we identify with one of these roles and perpetuate those things. So you unconsciously, subconsciously look for these relationships because part of you just wants to feel that pain over and over again. And in the early stages of a lot of romantic relationships, role-playing is common in order to attract and keep whoever is perceived by the ego as the one who is going to make you happy, make you feel special, and fulfill all your needs. So reading directly from this book, I'll play who you want me to be, and you'll play who I want you to be. That's the unspoken and unconscious agreement. However, role-playing is hard work, and so those roles cannot be sustained, especially once you start living together. When those roles slip, what do you see? Unfortunately, in most cases, not yet the true essence of that being, but that which covers up the true essence, which is the ego divested into its roles with its pain body and its thwarted wanting, which now turns into anger, most likely directed at the partner for having failed to remove the underlying fear and sense of lack that is an intrinsic part of this egoic sense of self. 
what is commonly called falling in love is in most cases an intensification of egoic wanting and needing. I'm going to pause there for a second. You become addicted to another person or rather to your image of that person. It has nothing to do with true love, which contains no wanting whatsoever. I think that our relationships with other people really deepen us into understanding how separate we think that we are from them. Because at the end of the day, what you see in others, you see in yourself. The reason that you are able to love another person is because that love exists within you. The reason that you are able to be angry at another person is because there's something within you that makes you angry about yourself acting in those certain situations. It's called projection, and it's that quote that people don't see you as you are. People see you as they are. Everyone has their lens of perception in this world that is based on environmental things, that is based on conditioning, that is based on how you were nourished growing up from a standpoint of love and how you grew into yourself as an adult or a young adult that clouds and influences how other people look at you. And that's why if you see yourself as a loving, eternal being, it's going to be a lot easier for you to see that in other people. It's going to be a lot easier for you to forgive other people. It's going to be a lot easier for you to really see where they're coming from. And also want to emphasize that being able to see that in other people, being able to see that we are all flawed human beings with imperfections. It doesn't mean that you have to keep those people in your life. Like you can forgive another person and never talk to them again. At the end of the day, you don't forgive other people for them. You forgive them for you. You forgive them because it gives you peace. Holding resentment towards anyone else is like drinking poison and wishing the other person will die. I'm pretty sure that's a pretty important quote from Buddha or someone in that realm of things. And it's true because that anger, that resentment, all it does is emphasize your separateness. And at the end of it all, we all are one. We all are collective. We all are union. And our relationships with other people are the reflections of our alignment. And if you know within your bones and your soul that you're loved, then you deserve a certain type of love. And that is likely the love that will be around you, the love that you will attract in your life. And if you at your core and in your bones and in your soul do not believe you're worthy of love, have not learned why you believe that, then it's likely that you're going to keep attracting people who don't know how to love you, who are in that same place of pain. You have to realize that you absorbed a lot of the fears that you have around relationships and people. You absorbed so many of your behaviors and the way that you act is probably pretty similar to what was modeled for you growing up. When you start to awaken and go on this journey of understanding yourself, you start to have that freedom and that power in realizing that you actually don't need to continue those cycles if you don't want to, that, okay, this exists in me, this is what I was taught, but I'm a free thinker with free will and I can choose something differently. And it's really all at the end of the day about that conscious choice, that conscious act of saying, okay, this doesn't feel good and it hasn't felt good for a very long time and it's now my time to walk away and tell the universe that I want something different, I want something better, I know that that's what I deserve and peeling away from those things, so, so hard, so, so challenging, not an easy feat to do, but you can do it. You can set that boundary and you can decide that you're not gonna let someone else hurt you anymore. 
in whatever method you choose to do that, that is your prerogative. But at the end of the day, if you need to walk away from someone, you must know that you have the power to do that. You must know that you deserve love. And if you're not getting it in your present relationships, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It just means that it's not there, that you're not in alignment, that you don't see each other the way that you want to be seen. And it's probably not even fulfilling for the other person either. And they just can't identify it. But if you are that conscious being and you have that self-awareness, then I hate to break it to you, but it's up to you. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep perpetuating until you decide, until you walk away, until you set that boundary or you tell your mom, you can't fucking talk to me that way. Or you tell your friend, listen, I love you, but our relationship is hurting me and I can't be that close to you. Or you break up with someone you've been with for a very long time. That might be the scariest thing that you've had to do so far in this life. But once you do it, you are free. You are free to decide, you are free to choose, you are free to know that now, from now on, the love that you bring into your life, you get to cultivate, you get to decide, you have so much power. You have no idea how much power you are giving away to other people by letting them influence you, by letting them upset you, by letting them hurt you over and over and over again. It is time for you to take responsibility in letting them hurt you. I think that's one more thing that I want to touch on is access. Know that access to you is a privilege. It is a privilege. It is time for you to take responsibility in letting them hurt you. Understand who you are. For another person to be let into your inner world, to be let into your inner circle, that must be earned. That is a privilege. And you get to decide who gets access to you. And you can still have a relationship with people if you want to and need to and limit your access and take away your access and say, okay, I'm going to interact with you. I'm still going to love you. I'm going to love you from a distance, but I am going to only give what I feel comfortable giving. And if you can do that with some of your relationships and it's easier to do that, then try it. See if it works. I have found that it is actually pretty effective. And when that person is back in alignment with you, they'll be back in alignment with you. But you can no longer get upset at them for hurting you. You can no longer give them the power. You can no longer give them the influence to be able to affect your moods, your behaviors, your reactions. And you cannot make your mood and your love for this world and your happiness dependent on other people's behaviors or what they give you. People aren't supposed to make you happy. That's not their job. That's your job. It's your job to be on the relentless pursuit of flipping over every rock and looking underneath it and saying, do I like this? Do I like it here? Do I feel safe here? Do I like how this feels in my body? It's your job. It's your job to look and to discover and to learn. It is no one else's job. No one's responsible for your happiness. No one's responsible for your love. No one's responsible for your pain at a certain point. When you wake up to that, that's where the work begins. And I'm not trying to sit here to tell you to do all this work. I think having this information and just even sitting and reflecting and thinking about all the relationships in your life and saying, which ones fill me, which ones don't, which ones are full of strain and which ones are full of ease. And what do I want more of in my life? That's enough. Just the inner work, the inner reflection of how does this feel? And I think that that in and of itself, that is something that we could learn how to do is just to sit in silence. There is so much power, so much peace in silence. 
especially if there is a gnawing inside of you, a gnawing at your chest that wants to react, that wants to be angry at another person, that wants to tell them how much they've hurt you and get them to see and explain it. Sometimes it's just not necessary. I can't recall how many times in my life I spoke in what felt like a million different languages and wrote paragraphs upon paragraphs and letters and tried in so many versions to get another person to see me and understand me and understand how they had hurt me. And it was all for, I wouldn't say nothing, but if people want to see you, if people want to understand you, they will and you won't have to do that. And the more that you stay in those cycles of thinking that you need to do that, thinking that you need to overextend yourself for love and to get people to see and understand you, the more that you're going to have to overextend yourself for love and to be understood, the more that the universe is going to give you people who don't understand you or don't know how to love you, and the more that you're going to have to work harder for their love or work harder to feel loved in those situations. And I'm just here to tell you that you actually don't need to do that. You don't need to do that at all. All the love that you could ever need really is right inside of you. And I want to make another episode completely about self-love. I think that this all ties into it. I think that you learn how to love yourself by letting people go. I think that you learn how to love yourself by setting boundaries and saying that this is not good enough for me and I know what is and I've defined what is and I'm not going to tolerate anything below that. And then you basically turn all that love inward and you start really, really loving yourself, walking away from enough people and seeing what comes back? You know, you you throw the boomerang and whatever sticks, sticks and whatever stays out in the field, it stays out in the field. And you have to learn how to trust that those things are supposed to stay out there. Like they're not for you anymore, that your alignment is going to attract exactly where you are at any given moment. And that's why it's so important to, if you want fulfilling relationships in your life, you have to have a fulfilling relationship with yourself first. Our relationships with other people in a lot of ways define us. They're unavoidable. You know, um, you can't go through this life alone, no matter how much you want to believe that all you ever need is yourself. It's just not true. We learn so much from other people. Other people show us so much about ourselves. Other people give us beautiful things that we would have never known or experienced. And if you can take that all as an experience of life and not attach to it these expectations or projections or need for love to extract love from other people because you're not giving it to yourself, there's this hole in you that isn't being fulfilled and you just need to grasp on to others and you feel like you need to perpetuate these cycles of abuse or trauma. I just want you to know that you don't have to do that. You don't have to try so hard for love. You can set boundaries. And if you do that, you might find that it's productive and that that relationship actually has the space and time that it needs to change and evolve in the way that it needs to. I think the point is that when you open yourself up to love and you learn how to really trust your intuition with people and get a sense of who they are, let them audition to be in your life, don't trust everyone, you just find that your intuition sharpens a lot more and that you get those quick gut instincts about people about like yes or absolutely not. 
And for a long time in my life, I hurt myself by not listening to that intuition. For a long time in my life, I got myself into pretty dangerous situations with other people, pretty painful situations with other people because I had an instinct about them when I first met them that was screaming, absolutely not. And I said, no, let me give them a chance. I think that is part of the power that you garner in yourself as you learn the hard lessons, learn to walk away. Maybe you don't learn to walk away and you're pushed out of it and the universe takes care of it for you. At the end of the day, this whole podcast is about you finding your own power. Figuring shit out is all about figuring the shit out that you can and letting the rest happen, letting the rest unfold, and trusting that the right people are going to walk into your life and the people who feel so discordant with you aren't for you and not everyone is going to fit inside of your life, inside of your mind. They might feel like they do at first and then you realize something different. And it's about learning how to be okay with that, learning how to look at it from a non-attached perspective and not hold on to this has to be it. This person has to be it. There's a million people in this world and you could fall in love with half a million of them. But if you believe that you can only be loved if you strive for it and if you have to work for it and that is the type of love that you believe you deserve, the type of love that you believe that you deserve is the type of love that you can get, that's not going to feel good. That love is not going to feel good if you're just getting the love that you can get. Because I promise you there's so much more. It gets better the more empowered that you feel in yourself in knowing that love will find you, it's all around you, that relationships will work themselves out. Sometimes the silence is necessary. Sometimes you just have to wait and see and sometimes you have to cut the cord and only you can know what to do. And I I know that you know what to do. Because let me tell you something, I knew what to do for a long time in a lot of my relationships and I sat there hoping and wishing that it would change and overextending myself so that those relationships would change and filling every hole that I could, flipping over every rock that I could in those relationships so that I didn't have to end them and I'm telling you, it doesn't work. When you know, you know. You know it's time to leave. You know it's time to do something differently, to act differently, to revoke access, to say, not anymore, not again, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be treated this way. You know, and you have so much power, so much autonomy to make that choice. You can do it. You can really do it and your life will follow suit. And there's going to be a bit of pain afterwards. It's going to be hard to adjust to it. There's going to be an adjustment period. But once you get through that, I promise you the world just opens up. It just opens up. People will flood and flow into your life. People have a funny way of showing us who we are. People have a funny way of getting us to feel pain that we haven't felt in years and years and years and years. And if we can thank them for that instead of being so angry that they did it, then we might be better off for it if we can find something to learn in those lessons. That is what they are. They are lessons. People are lessons. Relationships are lessons. Life is a mirror. It goes on when something ends and sometimes it goes on very painfully. I want you to know that you are the creator in your life, that you get to decide who sits in your life, that if someone does not want to sit in your fullness, that that is their problem, that that is not yours to solve, that there will be someone who loves you unconditionally. There will be many people who do. It's not just romantic. 
you just have to trust and know that embodying love will give you love and you'll find it in the most unexpected places with the most unexpected people and a lot of times it's not going to be the relationship of your dreams we have to take that romantic love off of the pedestal it is not the end all be all of life you can have a very loving and fulfilling life without it and you have to just trust that that shit is going to come when it comes and it's probably going to dig some shit out of you that maybe you're not ready to see yet and maybe there's a reason it hasn't come yet Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the love on the launch of the podcast. Um, I received a lot of feedback, which was lovely and wonderful. And as this devolves, I'm going to be posting episodes every Sunday and recording weekly and really building out whatever this figuring shit out, whatever this brand is going to be. I'm sitting with it and learning about it and on this journey with you in a, in a lot of ways. And it's been wonderful to do and amazing to be a part of. So thank you for listening. Um, remember, you know, if you spend your whole life <laughs> trying to get your act together, then you don't have a life. You have an act. So go and live your fucking life and know that you have the power to do that. You have the power to stay to walk away, to be whoever you want to be. It's all within you. And people are just reflections of that. So go and live your fucking life. You got to look for the redeeming feature. You got to look for things to appreciate. You got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. No, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect that you just so love, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.